desperate for changing, starving for truth. I'm closer to where I started, I'm chasing after you. I'm falling even more in love with you, letting go of all I've Welcome back, everybody, to episode 24 of Perpetual Sports Talk. My name is Sean. And I'm Scott. Happy Valentine's Day, buddy. Yeah, we're spending it together. Setting the mood. Pretty, uh, pretty cute. Got some Lifehouse opening us up. If you weren't listening to Lifehouse in middle school, Scott, nobody liked you. You weren't getting <laughs> Valentine's you were, little you were chocolates from anybody. Kids. You were a Nickelback kid, too, I'm sure. You know, people make fun. Nickelback gets a bad rap. Honestly, they get a bad what rap. A they put gosh. in some good tunes. Starting off the show rough. Any did any Valentine's Day stories from you today? You had a nice little Valentine's Day gift, didn't you? Nah, it's all about basketball, man. No time for Valentine's Day when when you're a basketball coach. Well, that's what I meant. You got a nice little W. That's a good Valentine's Day gift. Ah, uh, I guess so. When it's always nice to have a win, but it doesn't make it any better that it's on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Well, fair enough. You're not going to bring me down on my Valentine's Day, Scott. I had a nice Valentine's Day. See, there you go. See, you're not you going to have somebody, though, to spend it with. I am dating basketball, so it's a little different. Well. You are dating a nice woman. That's right. That's right. We had a nice. I'm just saying you're not going to be able to kill my Valentine's Day buzz. That's all. That's all. And sort of a different episode feel tonight because it's a late nighter. It's a 10 p.m. We've gone 5 a.m., We've gone evening time. Now we're doing late 10 p.m. A little different feel. How are you Very feeling, good. Scott? Good? You're not tired? Uh, not hanging? Definitely better than the 5 a.m. You know, I was thinking about banging it. I was like, let's just, I'm tired. Let's just do it in the morning. But then I would be even more tired in the morning. Right. So. Dedicated. Better now, than, better now than never. Dedicated. I mean, that's, that's what we got to do. We're, we're, I think we're dedicated. I, I mean, that's why the show is so enjoyable. It's, it's fun doing because we always do it. You know who else is dedicated, Scott? Give it to me. Oklahoma City basketball fans, when it comes to booing, they are dedicated. Yeah, and they, they were, got their heart tripped out. They were not giving up. Every single time KD touched the ball a couple nights ago, booze. Here, yeah. I got his I got his introduction right here. Just a little quick sound little quick sound bite. Starting at forward, 6'9 from Texas, number 35, Kevin Durant. And the boos were that loud every single time he touched the ball. They didn't stop. It was sort of like, oh, that's cute. First possession, boom, great. Uh, how come it's not dying off? How come they're still booing them? Aren't they getting a little tired? They're losing by 20 points. Why aren't they giving up here? No, they were dedicated when it came to booing. Had to be. It had to be. Durant did the suckiest thing that I've ever seen somebody do in sports. So the booing is justified. justified. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Okay. You. You're okay. Not bird. No, I, I don't think the booing's justified. Okay. I think I think half the people in that arena, the only reason that they're there, anybody under 16 years old, the only reason why they're an OKC fan is because of the guy that they were booing. Right. But that's it's kind of the reason. You know, it's like you've been only playing for us for so long. Uh, it's just it's just a it's just a crappy move on KD's part. Is it is it exponentially worse just because he went to Golden State, the team that knocked him out? 100%. 100%. So if he, he went to sort of any team, he went to the best team that they they went 3-1 on and blew it. Here's the thing though. That's the nature of sports these days. I feel like everybody secretly longs for the days when players would just stick around. And then that's what they did. They played for one team. 
you know their whole yeah. the major if not their whole career the the majority of their career. I feel like all fans long for those days. We just have to accept the fact that those days are over. Kevin Durant was just doing what what was allowed. I mean, more money, more chance for success. I mean, of course, he wants to win a championship, but dude, they were there. I mean, I mean, this is a bigger picture, and you know, like this is a debate, but. Like Oklahoma City was there. They were in the Western Conference Finals and had won three games. Like they weren't far off. And then coughed it up three games in a row. Right. But then I, you go to your rival who beats you. Like, come on, man. I just, again, these fans, half of them. The reason why they're there is because of the guy they were booing. I'm not so, saying. Right. I'm not saying applaud him, Scott. I'm saying yeah. let's just knock it off a little bit. The t-shirt. I thought it was a little bit superfluous. I thought it was unnecessary. The t-shirts, the coward signs. It was too much. I expect that crap from Philadelphia fans, not from Oklahoma City fans. Well, yeah, nothing else. So really, well, they got a they got a minor league baseball team. They got a triple A level baseball exactly. team. Let me uh, hold on exactly. a second. Okay, see. So they have. I mean, it's not like they got nothing. They're they're, they they're sports nothing. fans. They got nothing. Oklahoma City that? Dodgers. You count that? No, I don't count that. Dude, my I bet I bet those those guys go nuts for minor league baseball. I bet they're pumped. Pitchers and catchers reporting today. We'll get to that later in the show. Let me let me just let me try to get us sort of on the same wavelength here, Scott. Okay. I respect your opinion as always. Let me th- let me just predict the f- let me Nostradamus you here for a second. Bryce Harper, okay, Bryce Harper. Okay, he's not going to be on the Nationals in a year. He's gone. Twenty eight after twenty eighteen. He's got Tw- twenty eighteen. My fault. Twenty eighteen. He's going to go to another team. You know the Yankees, okay? Probably the Yankees. Yeah. Now, as of right now, not a crazy rivalry with the nationals obviously i mean i mean who knows what this season has to hold i know where you're going with this when he's in pinstripes and why you know why the yankees are playing at nats park are nats fans booing bryce harper yes why not as not as crazy as um oklahoma city fans booing kd say the Nats lose to the Yankees this World Series. I know I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm trying to even the playing field. I'm trying to make the blows the same that it was to OKC fans to DC fans. I'll tell you what they don't we don't have is time. I as a Nats fan, us as Nats fans have time to process this. We have accepted this thing two years out. The, the fact that Bryce Harper is yeah. not going to be here. Yeah. We've, an, we've accepted this fact. Like, it's an interesting point. Dude, so you're saying. ship weeks after the season ends after they lose to him. So you're, so you're saying the real dagger part of it, the real punch in the kisser, is the fact that it came out of nowhere and so soon? Absolutely. To, to like your rival, like. The team you lost to, like, dude, he's just trying. He's just chasing the championships, and I, I get that. Like, that's what sports is about: winning championships. But, dude, dude, and like with the whole thing with Russell Westbrook, and it was just a whole soap opera kind of kind of deal. Don't, don't doesn't think that was over dramatized. There's only the only thing sports center would talk about. That well, that's precisely what I'm saying. I think it was just over. Overdone. Sure. It, well, it's not just the the media. I mean, that's the media's job. I think it was the fans. I think it was just overkill. The t-shirts and the cupcakes and the what have you. Well, you're gonna have that. You're gonna have that. They they just see him as a traitor. You okay. know, I don't see Bryce Harper going to the Yankees as a traitor move. You don't see that. All right. Well, let, again, let me. I wanna. Again, this is predicting. This is too much. The Nationals lose to the Yankees in the 2017 World Series. And then in 2018, in April, Bryce Harper's playing with pinstripes. You're not booing him? I'll give him a good boo, and then I'll be done with it. I'm not going to make t-shirts. 
No T-shirts. No, no t-shirts. Uh, Harper is a f- fl- Har- I don't know. I'll come up with a rhyme later. Here's why I don't think it's okay booing guys like this. It's because the Nats were essentially, I don't want to say a laughing stock, but a laughing stock before 2012, before Bryce, before Strasburg, nothing. The only reason why Nats fans are around or a big part of it is because of Bryce Harper. Now, say what you want. Yeah, he had an off year coming off after the MVP. That was a shame. But overall, a lot of people, especially the younger baseball fans, are really psyched for baseball because of Bryce Harper. So to go boo the guy who essentially got you pumped up about a team, that just doesn't sit well with me. I don't think that's okay. And I'm tying that back into Kevin Durant. I don't think I don't think it was okay for all the boos. I just I just don't. And I really didn't expect it. They were per, there was the TNT game and Barkley and Shaq was oh yeah, they going to get booze and yeah, booze. I didn't think. I thought, "Oh, no way. They got to be classier than they're not Philly, right? They're not oh, they're not one of those they're not one of those fans. Like, it's OKC. There's got to be nice. Oh, they destroyed him for good reason. For oh. good reason. He deserved it and he took it like a man and they're moving on. You know, they they did have a hangover. The next few days, both teams, mm. Warriors and Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. had a pretty good hangover. Uh, are we gonna get? You want to get into that now, or you want to keep talking about KD? No, we're done. So the hangover. Do you mean the Washington Wizards? Yeah, the Washington Wizards beating that butt, one twenty to ninety eight. If we're getting it wasn't even that precise. close. It wasn't even that close. What do you mean? You I mean, mean the score? Like, yeah, it was even like it was. In the 30s, they brought yeah, it one, back. 120 to 90. That was 120 to 98. That was the final. I'm almost positive. Yeah, that's 22 points, but it was in the 30s for a while. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, they, I don't, I don't think John Wall played, no. played yeah. like the last, right. you know, half of the fourth right. quarter. But I'm just saying the score was actually. It was a way worse game than the score actually showed. Right. The score didn't dictate how badly the Wizards dump-trucked OKC. Oh, absolutely. Now, here's here's my only hesitation just as a Wizards fan to get excited about that. Because you have games also this past week that were just just a little bit nutty. Like, you you had the Knicks. The Knicks. Talk about a laughing stock. The Knicks beating the Spurs 94-90. So I see that and I think, eh, regular season, whatever. Just about just about anything happens, right? right? And then the Wizards, I mean, yeah, they rolled them. I mean, rolled them. But you know, it's just it's just the it's just the game. I mean, again, I'm more excited about how just they've been playing in general than that one. The one game doesn't get me excited. It's it's just as a whole. I agree. I mean, it's just good to, to see we can compete with the top teams. You know, as a Wizards fan, dude, I mean, in typical D.C. sports fashion, we're now being positive too soon, probably. You think too soon, huh? I mean, I I want to say no. But happens every freaking year, man. Every freaking year with every sport. Now we're like, oh my gosh, you know, Kevin Love goes down. And the first thing I hear is people like saying, Wizards of the Finals. Wizards is a one seed, you know, like all this stuff. It's like. No, that's, that's, that's much. But I don't think we should get scared off just because of we. I feel like we debate about this every other show. Yeah, we got to enjoy. I mean, yeah, the the playoffs and winning and winning a championship. That's what it's ultimately about. But you know, at the end of the day, the playoffs they're a month long. Let me enjoy the regular season as a fan. Let me get pumped up about the fact that the Wizards have won ten of the last eleven games, and then, like you said, just beat a really good team to prove that you're a good team. You got to beat a good team, and then yeah, the postseason, the championship—that's the ultimate goal. But I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna fall into that, Scott. I'm not gonna fall into the whole "here we go again" mentality. Cautiously optimistic. 
you're treading lightly, like Breaking Bad. Tread lightly. Because you get your hopes up every single year like freaking DC sports, man. They're going to break your heart. They're going to break your heart. The Wizards are probably going to blow a, a lead or some sort of lead in the playoffs this year. I'm calling it right now. They're, they're blowing a lead. So you're saying... I'm hedging my bets right now. So if I'm, I'm either going to be like, I told you so. I'm either going to be looking back on this episode and say... I told you so, man. Or, I told you so. Like, All right, we're on to the conference finals. On to the finals. See, you that's know? a che- it's a win-win for you then. That's exactly. a cheesy thing. Come on, man, go all in. Just take the leap of faith. Just Indiana Jones it one time. Dude, every year, man, we can't do that anymore as DC sports fans. You know that. I can get, and I know, but I can get psyched for ten wins out of eleven games, and. This upcoming game against the Pacers, we take care we take care of business there, and we are on a really nice foot going into the All Star break. I think this is I think this is a big game against Indiana, maybe a little bit bigger than it might initially look. You know, Wizards Pacers in the middle of February. Now, nah, who cares? This is right before the All Star break. Yeah, maybe it's where momentum ends, but I don't know. This is like a good. We we go into a week off on top. We can our guys can get healthy. Wall was was limping around. He didn't practice two days in a row. Be able to get healthy when he's not doing his whatever all star whatever competitions he's a part of and and crap like that. He's be able to get healthy, get his body right. But coming off of a of a win right before the break, I love that. That's a that's putting ourselves in a really good spot. No, you're right. You're right. I mean. We're going to make the playoffs. That's no longer an issue, right? Yeah, I think they're third in the Eastern they're, Conference. They're third right now. They're they're number five in the power rankings. I saw that. Mm-hmm. They're crazy in the NBA power rankings. They're number five. Yeah. Why is that crazy? It was just because – is it because how they started? How they started, we're like, oh, right, here we go, another mediocre season. Another turn on the Jets. I heard, I heard an interview with John Wall. Right, and he was asked, you know, what's behind the success of this season so far? Like, why has this season been been different? How have you guys turned it on? And he said an answer which kind of surprised me in a way you don't hear very often. He said, "Me." Huh. He said, "The leadership and the guys have been able to follow me better." Or something along those lines. It was lo- something about the leadership he's had in the locker room around the court, and the guys have bought in. Like, that's not an answer you expect. You know, you usually hear, you know, the team is really clicking, the coach is running the right stuff, good game planning, we're just clicking at the right time. You know, it's very stereotypical answer. Instead, he goes, this is me. You know, come come follow me. It's – it's a dude, that's a lame answer. It's, I didn't hear that interview. That's lame. How about arrogant, n- but it's nothing, nothing with – Otto Porter, who's leading the NBA in three point percentage. Nothing about Gore Tot, who's like, like one of the top, top. I think five players with double doubles. Okay, leading the Wizards with rebounds. I mean, yeah, that's cool. Like having the chip on your shoulder, and then he is the leader, obviously. But basketball is just interesting, like that, dude. It's an it's an interesting mentality with interesting characters and. Oh, it's a different game. A lot of people play it. You know, it's a worldwide sport. You know, a lot more people play it worldwide. Well, I don't know. It's definitely more popular worldwide than baseball, correct? And same with football, American football for sure. Well, definitely with. I don't know about baseball. That would actually be some good. That'll be some good research nuggets. Write that down. Maybe European European basketball is huge, though, man. Yeah, it's it's huge. Not it's huge. baseball. But, though. Well, you got your your Japanese professional leagues. Those yeah. guys go. Crazy. You got your Kenny Powers Mexican leagues, dude. I have that's to where basketball is way more popular than baseball. Okay, but now do American scouts go over to Europe to scout European players to possibly come play in the NBA? Absolutely. So that 100%. world like exists, like that's a that's a thing because because America because MLB scouts go down to South America. Oh, dude, like, we're in China, all- we're in we're in Spain, we're everywhere, man. Oh yeah, 
I guess that's where you get your Australia. Heck yeah. So it's a good so it's a good scouting pool down there. I mean I, I mean I believe it. I'm telling you that's a good little yeah, write that down. We can we can compare. Dude, we got a long haul of just basketball. So we're going to need to be talking a little just stuff like this. Write it down. That'll be that'll be next week's show. We could talk be next week's entire show. Well, not, I mean, you know, we could talk it it can lead up to the upcoming World Baseball Classic. Stuff like that. You know, that'll be a nice little tie-in. I'm writing it down, dude. I'm writing it down in my notebook, which, yes, I have a notebook, Scott, that I'm looking at currently. Really? Yeah. Dude, I got a notebook. I jot stuff down throughout the week. It's new. It's a new notebook. I'm on page four. But it's handy, huh. dude. It's handy. So what do you think? Is that enough? Is that enough with the whiz? Time to move on? Yeah, maybe go, so. well, maybe we'll go down a level? We'll definitely be a topic in the future, so I think we can move on. Okay, let's go down a level. To your wheelhouse, Scott, college basketball. Ain't my wheelhouse, man. Well, it's, I mean, sort of your <laughs> wheelhouse. You don't mind the pitch. You're not going to take the pitch. <laughs> I, hey, yeah. uh, I want to talk about, I guess, three teams specifically. I want to talk VCU, Mason, just some A-10 in general. And then I want to talk about the Duke-UNC game that happened a couple days ago. So let's start off with VCU. Something that I've sort of been excited to ask you, just as a coach at the at the college level in basketball, I wanted to ask you about that play that yeah. VCU ran against GW. GW had just, I believe, went ahead with about a second left, left less than a second and as VCU is inbounding okay they got a second to inbounds real quick and then throw up a prayer for the win if not lose okay so they're inbounding VCU guard comes over and sets a pick on the big dude that was trying to block the inbounds right Yep. Do you know a play? I'm, t- I'm trying to illustrate it too for the listeners. No, I'm sorry if I'm not doing a good job. No, it's pretty but good. So, so after the shot, obviously, the dude inboundings can you know run, to, take, just try to get a he can He could be running around. So the guy inbounding essentially is running to the right. Guard, a, a VCU guard, tries to come over to set a pick on this GW forward, of course, momentum and physics, who wins that battle? A big, you know, a six and a half foot kid running almost full speed side to side, runs over this guard, ref calls a foul. They're in bonus, they make two shots, VCU, and then they win that game. And I was just, I, was, I didn't watch live, I was watching highlights, and I'm thinking, well, hold on a second. If this is a play, that should be practiced. That should be the go-to play every single time that a team's in that, because a team's going to be in that situation maybe three, four times a year. So that potentially could be three to four extra wins. Just by mastering no. that play and no. and sort of cheeseballing and using a because I think that's a bad official I think it's a bad move on the officials. That's the officials taking the what? game into their hands. No. No, that's a okay. First of all, that's a play that's an old play in basketball. That play's practiced. Is that, that what you're that, saying? That's an old play. Like that has been around for years. And I would say about once every other year, it comes up somewhere in the college basketball world. It just pops up. Somebody else is running it. When if they were gonna if they were to do that again, it wouldn't work. They'd be prepared for it. The other team should be prepared for it. You see what I'm saying? If I was just the other team, by I was like if someone, but if someone, so how do you prepare if someone tries to set a pick on you? Like like go around. Dude, he didn't. He, he can't even. You can't like pick and roll there. So, no. But the the defender, the guy who ran over him, wasn't looking. He no. wasn't looking for someone to come. No, he so, was trying to block the inbounds. Right. He was trying on to block the hill mary. Screen, on a normal screen and roll, another guy, the guy that's you're, the the guy that's setting the screens, man, should be talking and yelling 
you know, screen left, screen left, screen left. Okay. You should now step around the screen. Okay. So you would never make that contact. Okay. Communication there. See, now I'm buying in more into the. Okay. Keep going. It doesn't happen. So if I'm if I'm playing VCU next game and I'm saying, at the end of the game they're going to try and do this. If you're if we're guarding the inbounder, we have to be aware of somebody coming and trying to draw the foul because that's the only way they were going to win. Hmm. That's the only way they were going to win. Yeah. They Unless weren't going to throw a prayer. Point four seconds? No. It wasn't going to work. So I would be prepared for that. That's not going to happen again. That's not going to buy him three or four more wins a season. I just, I just hate it when the officials take the game into their hands. I feel like good officials, you don't even know they're there. You don't even know they're there. I mean, granted, a lot of that is dictated on gameplay. What do you call that, though? Is it a block? Is that a? I mean, that that's a that's a foul. I I think it wasn't a flop, but it was just a six foot guard going up against a six and a half foot forward. Use your head a little bit. What do you think's going to happen? There was no there was no charge right there. He was running. I mean, I just I just don't charge. It's actually a block. Because yeah, it's it's crazy. Is it see what's the te- what's the technical call? It's a it block. can't be a, cho- a charge. So, would be an offensive player, right? So it's a block on the yeah on the guy yeah. So so the forward does not it's what a, that's it's a saying push or something. I don't know. So the forward does not have a right to cover the guy inbounding because that's all he was oh, he, doing. He has a right, but he well, have right well then that's what's confusing me. Over. That's he what's has, he has to be looking around. He should have been aware. And how they should have covered that is he should have been aware and went around that guy. Okay, see, I like the whole communicating. I don't know if he should be aware. That's the he's not looking out of his periphs. He's making sure that the guy in bounty cannot do that Hail Mary that I feel like I see every week now over to right to get a easy to an easier three point shot. That's what he's trying to prevent. He's not looking out of some right. to, to he, some little he ankle biter. Hit, he hit that guy square in the chest too. If he would have hit him anywhere else, if he would have tried to move out of the way in any way, it would have been on the on the guy setting the screen. That would have been different. So you're saying that this really is a once in a blue moon thing. It is, but you know, so it's not going to work again in college basketball this year. See, I feel so after like, watching that, I felt almost as if. Teams could practice that and get a cheesy win because teams are in that situation quite yeah. a bit during the season. Good. Yeah. You before could. a half, before a half, you can get yourself a couple extra buckets. A couple extra buckets. Maybe one or two points a season. Well, f- d- d- a couple free free throws. Yeah. And and again, if you if you master it now, if if that's something that the refs go into a little meeting and is like, all right, guys, we used up that call already this year. No more calling that one. I mean, that's not the case. It's all like you said. It's it's situational. It's it's dependent on where he hits them, stuff like that. You just train your guy setting a pick. Hey, sell that old chest shot. <laughs> Wear it off the chest. Or what does what does Kevin Hart say? Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. There you go. Wear it off a chest. All right. I was just curious. It was a cheesy play to me. I do like getting your insight. The whole idea of communication. That is, I can I can buy into that. Next, I was going to ask: Is VCU all that good? Is that a weird question, Scott? A, Is VCU all that good? They're leading the A10. They're twenty-one and five, but they've had a couple cheesy wins. Just right there, we cheesy talked about wins. the bu- what? So you're saying those two wins are cheesy? Okay. Just the the Bonnie's game. Yeah, and the GW cheesy game. GW cheesy. Now they now they handled Davidson, and then they just handled St. Joe's. However. If those games go the way I feel like that they should, honestly, in my opinion, that VCU loses those two games, then VCU's in third, and Mason's right on their heels sitting in fifth. I just, I think, I think there are going to be three teams from the A-10 in 
the NCAA tournament? Um, I think it'll be two. Two. It's two, everybody's a, just a little bit better this year. I feel like. Yeah, Why do well, you say had, two? Why, like, just what's your? I haven't looked into it too much to be honest. Um, as far as NCAA teams from the A10. But I, I can't imagine any more than two would get in, maybe three with URI. Hmm. Um, but VCU and Dayton are pretty much locks. And then URI, and then it's like Richmond and then us. That's we used right. to be Richmond tonight. Richmond, and that's and beat them good. Dude, beat them real good. Beat them by yeah. 23 points. Yeah. That's a good win. Again, b- again. It if you are a good team, you got to beat a good team, all right. And beating Richmond is good. And now we got URI, and that's another that that could be another potential quality. That's on Saturday. That's a I mean, this could be huge. And Mason's on a four game winning streak. This is a big part of the season. Uh, an interview with uh, Jalen Jenkins after the game tonight. Someone said, "What's the difference?" And obviously, you're very close to this question, Scott, because you were a part of that locker room last year, right? What's the difference between this year, you guys are hot, versus last year when you won a total of 11 games? And now you're 18 and 8. It was probably me. No, oh, dude, I didn't mean. I'm, dude, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to lead you there. But what he said, it was, it was, it was interesting. He said, he said everything was new last year. It was a new coach. We had a freshman point guard. Everything was new, and now we've we've gotten our we've gotten our bearings a bit, and and we're here to play. We're used to it, right? Just everything was new last year. Whereas this year, it's it's we're like comfortable with each other. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. So that's a mature answer. It really is a mature answer. You know, he, he knows what he's talking about. He's been around the block. He's had senior leader head coaches, and yeah. That's what leaders do right there. See, and you know what? Just bouncing back to last excuse me, bouncing back to last segment. I like that a little bit better from John Wall's answer. Oh me. Me. How how oh, how badly how badly would have Coach Paulson make uh Jalen Jacobs run if he just goes, oh, I'm the difference. Hey Bill, I'm, yeah, it was me. I'm just having a great season. That's, oh, it would be terrible. Be terrible, right? Yeah, I thought of a good punishment. I thought of a good punishment in in college basketball. Now, this was sort of it dawned upon me when I was watching Duke UNC, and every time a player hits the ground underneath the hoop, it's those it's those guys who come out and wipe up the sweat, right? Yeah, I'm saying that should be a player punishment when a you know player. Act, Academically or school rules or team rules, that should be his punishment. You got to throw on a polo and you got to wipe up sweat. That's the nope. managers, though, man. They want to be there. They want to do that. Well, sorry, managers. You can go. You, you can do something a little cooler for the game. The players have to get. They can't wear. They can't be on their phone like tweeting. Oh, haha! This is so funny. It's you just got to be in a polo. You can't talk to anybody. You can't wave to your student friends in the stand. You just got to clean up sweat. I'm thinking that's a. I'm thinking that's a nice, good punishment fitting the crime right there. Why I'm thinking if Grayson Allen did that instead of the one game BS suspension. He might not be doing this, you know, f- freaking out everything about me, hoorah crap. I feel like every game. No, I agree. I mean, I mean that, that's not a battle. Wiping up sweat. It's not a battle. Running works too. Yeah. Eh. Works pretty. Yeah, I, I need some. I need some humiliation. That's what I need. A little bit of humiliation involved. Also, it'd be fun to talk about here on the old podcast, Scott. So Duke UNC, let's talk some Luke Kennard. What do you think about Luke Kennard? What do I think? I think yeah. he's a good basketball player. One of the best. Duke's probably probably Duke's. Are we saying Duke's best player? Isn't he their top scorer? Top scorer. Grayson Allen's arguably the best player. I think he heck of a basketball player. I bet that dude is a weird guy. If you know him. Like as a guy, watched his interview after the Duke UNC game, 
and he's a good kid. He composed himself. He, he's very well spoken, but an awesome drinking game during that whole during the whole basketball game during the whole interview is okay. Everybody take a sip of beer every time Luke Kennard awkwardly scratches his head. Have you ever noticed that? It drives me nuts, no. man. Dude, I haven't seen as many Luke Kennard videos as you have. It's not videos. I've watched interviews. I've watched. I saw one interview. I've watched three maybe four duke games this year and for whatever reason it just catches my attention It'd be an awesome drinking game it's the luke Kennard scratching the head it's just awkward i can't like what is that dude like walking around campus athletes are sometimes weird right Scott? normal i bet he's just a normal dude that has a lot of pressure on him that's mm. really what i think of it as head scratching it's weird it's like a tick or something Again, he's a great basketball player. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to we're, hate we're him We're getting tough on the kid now. I'm not getting, tell him I'm getting tough on him. I hope he plays Scratching for the, his head. I'd probably do something stupid. It's like it's like in Talladega Nights. What do I do with my hands? You know? <laughs> that's actually pretty. That's, that's quality. Yeah, right that's a quality him? pull right there. It's a quality <laughs> pull. Just all, here's what I'm saying, Scott. Now that I've sort of I've, I've addressed it, just next time you're watching a Duke game, just look out for it. Every time he's at the free throw line, it's like an awkward head scratch. It's, like, it's just awkward. Okay, he's awkward. Duke ended up winning the game. Thought UNC was going to win. Duke home crowd is crazy. It's crazy. Now, you know the whole BS that the fans do reaching out to the whatever away team yeah. when they're inbounding? You know that? It's Shake not just. Dude, it's not just students, it's like middle aged people. It's not just students doing that. If you look at it closely, it's like, you know, and hey, nothing wrong with being a like strong middle-aged fan. Just a little bit uh I don't know. It just I guess I never watched it cl- again. I watched that Duke UNC game pretty closely and I thought, I was a little surprised, a little taken aback. Huh? It's interesting. That's what they do in camera, man. They jam in 8,000 people into that little shed in that little phone booth. How many? How many can that place uh, seat? I think it's twelve. Twelve. But you know what, Murph? I'm I'm gonna get a text from Murph. I'm sure by the Monday. Well, because he has the power of googling it, and I don't. Well, I mean, you could Google it. You're just not, because that's not what we right do. Now. We discuss. Okay. Nine thousand three hundred and fourteen. All right. right. Sorry, Murph. We, Scott, we discuss. Okay, we tell stories. <laughs> if we, we're gonna mess up a fact every now and again. Hey, we don't do it a lot. I like to pry. Four thousand ain't too ain't too bad. Nah, I like to pry. I took the under. I like to pride ourselves on the fact that we, you know, we do our research and and we put in the time. But hey, we're human. We're gonna make a mistake. Who cares? Okay, we're we're only gonna let down what three people listening. However many listening. Anything else with college basketball, Scott? That's all I got, man. Good win for Mason, and that's about it. All right, let's move on. And let's talk just for a little while about baseball, Scott. Spring, it's in the air. I can smell it. Welcome back, baseball. Pitchers and catchers report today. How are you feeling about that? I'm excited. I'm excited and just from a fan standpoint, if we're talking, if we're going to keep uh, the whole DC sports just realm, at least for this episode, a little bit mm, nervous for the Nats. I think their closer situation nervous. has got everybody a little bit nervous. We're still yeah. talking about the same thing. Same thing we talked about at the end of last season. Same thing that we talked about briefly in the offseason. Here we are. Pitchers and catchers reporting, but there is no pitcher who will plan to pitch in the ninth reporting today. What are we doing? We just going to have a rotation of closers? <laughs> I think it'll be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if they still trade for someone or, or sign someone. I don't think they can sign anybody. As long as anyone out there. Yeah, I don't know who's left. They're, the winter meetings, I feel like they just whiffed on everybody. Whiffed on everybody. Do you think this is planned, or you think Rizzo's scratching his head right now and going, "Ah, crap"? 
I think Rizzo probably made a play. I mean, he definitely made a play for Melanson. Okay, he made a play, but that's not my question, though. Is he sitting right now in his house being like, oh, my gosh, I don't have a closer next year? Uh, I, I, I don't know. We have. I'm not sure what Rizzo thinks about it. I mean, I'm sure it's it's got to be on the top of his priority list, the top of his need list. The thing is with baseball, it's. I don't want to say it's tough to win games without a closer. It's a 162 game season. However, we have seen teams, i.e., the Orioles, win strictly because of their closer. Now, they had the best closer in baseball in Zach Britton last year with a horrible starting rotation. Horrible. And the Nats are sort of have the opposite of that. But again, you know, you have your dude go seven strong innings. I mean, that's awesome. But you bring some, I mean, you just, you, you need guys. You need that setup guy. You need that. I think we have the bullpen still. We just don't have the closer that we had. Last year, Melanson. We have new guy, Coda Glover. Hasn't even made his major league debut yet, so I'm not even sure if we should say we have the guy. We just signed, man, who did we just sign who's 43 years old? You know what I'm talking about? We just signed a, a closer who's been in the league for almost 20 years, and it's, and it's, and it's killing me that I can't remember his name right now. Oh man, it'll it'll come to me. But again, I don't. Th- we're not going to be able to just rely on the starting rotation. Yeah, that was cool. No. How? However, we tried relying on it last year, and where to get us? Right? Where to get us? What the closer? That wasn't the problem last year. No, the the close. Yeah, it was a problem last year with Papelbon, with Melanson. Are we on well, the same page? No, 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 no. I'm saying to start the season, the whole oh, Papelbon ordeal. It can be, yeah, it's a guy who pitches one inning, but it can be a bit of a travesty if you don't have a guy. Luckily, Melanson came in and sort of, you know, eased the fire a bit. But oh, oh. no, I'm just it's, saying. It's, right now, I think it's got to be what Sean Kelly is, is the closer. Kelly Trinan. Sticking yeah. some Blake Trinan in there. That well, that's what I'm saying. I think I think the ninth inning for the Nats is gonna look a lot like just they're gonna have a rotation of closers. You see what I'm saying here? You understand? It's gonna no, it's gonna I, it's, I do. I do. It's gonna be a rotation of closers. Other than that, we don't have to talk about that. What else with the what do you what are you looking forward to? I just said what I'm nervous about. Can I ask you what you're looking forward to with the Nationals? And it doesn't have to be looking, about the Nationals. I don't want to limit you there. What, no, just no I, I'm looking forward to Eaton playing center, honestly. Yeah? That's gonna, I think that's going to be huge. And I think it's going to spice up the batting order a little. No, you know what? I'm, yeah. You know what I'm looking forward to is having Espinosa not in the batting order. Oh, yeah? I but mean, you, that's, that was a huge hole. But you th- – yes, and I agree. And I'm sure – you are really looking forward. You're really pumped about that that leadoff and two hole leadoff Eaton two hole Trey Turner. But here's the thing: Espinosa man was awesome at shortstop. I'm thinking now Turner's quick. He's lightning fast. I'm thinking. I don't know a lot. I don't even know what the right word here is. But several plays. That Espinoza was able to make a little backhand, make it look routine. I'm thinking those are hits this year with Turner. Just the first year at mm. shortstop in the in the major leagues. Okay, he's not playing for the Potomac Nationals. Okay, he's not playing Syracuse major leagues. I'm thinking there's it's going to be an adjustment period. I think that we're going to see Trey Turner boot some balls. Or maybe be a little bit slower to the ball, or, or maybe not get that ball in the six hole, and and we're gonna say, what the heck? These were all outs. Oh, we had Espinosa playing, and then we're gonna realize we're gonna be scratching our heads and realizing, huh? Yeah, he sucked at the plate, but this is a little bit of a shock. He had quite a few errors, didn't he? Espinosa? Yeah. 
No, man. Espinosa was like the exact opposite. You no, Espinosa had some errors. Look it up. I mean, of course he had some errors. But he but had he, like an abnormal amount of errors. Because I feel like I tried to argue this with somebody. I'm surprised it wasn't you before. No, I feel like dude, I, I remember this conversation. You were all for Espinosa, and you and you might have said he has too many errors or something. Yeah, I probably said that, and you proved me wrong. I jumped on the Espinosa train last year towards the last half of the season defensively. He struck out too much, and he, he was a cool switch hitter. Struck out too much, had the occasional bomb. He's a disaster at the plate, but man, he sucked up balls at shortstop. <sighs> Are you thinking of dude? Are you thinking of Desmond? No, no, I'm thinking yeah, Desmond. Espinosa. I feel like was an error machine. He had 18 errors last year. Really? Yeah, he had 18 errors. See, that seems high. See, exactly. He made some plays, exactly. dude. He had a cannon oh, yeah. over at short. He had a seven percent fielding rate, which is really good. You See, know, even he, the 18 seems high for some reason. I Even mean, the 18. He, oh, he had 400 ground balls. Well, he had 400 assists and 18 errors. That's yeah. Okay. Good. So yeah. So when you right when you break down all the numbers, dude, that's a good. He's a good shortstop. Okay. Sure. He's a good shortstop. 18 doesn't really seem all that bad. you know, considering. Okay, that's a good shortstop. I'm saying Turner. I think the month of April is going to be a little tough. Okay. He might be approaching double digits after May. Just the first year at short. We'll see. Ooh, we'll see. We'll That'll see. That's what we're excited about. That's what we're, we're nervous about. Baseball. That's right. And college baseballs too. That starts this weekend. You're going so early, man. It's crazy. Well, it's fun, Snow man. That's what that's this makes this fun. Yeah. So we can talk. We can talk some some college baseball next week and. And I think the rest of the teams will end up reporting, Major League, rest of the teams end up reporting uh, later later this week. However, let's just go on to Coach's Omelet. Okay, Scott, is that cool with you? Let's do it. I, I got a Coach's Omelet for you. Give it to and me. It's, and it's going to be hockey. You ready? That's kind of out of our element, don't you it, think? It is. It is. But but just just bear with me here. Philip Grubauer, the backup goaltender for the Washington Capitals, has three shutouts in 13 starts. Okay? In other words, Grubauer could probably be a starting goalie anywhere else except the Capitals because they got Braden Holtby, who's in the top five in the NHL. Now, after I heard that, Three for three shutouts and thirteen starts. I was thinking about their practices, that their their drills. Holtby and Grubauer are working together, right? Yeah. Two really good guys, almost challenging each other at the goaltender spot. Now Grubauer isn't gonna isn't gonna take Holtby's job from him. He's just not. Okay. No. He, I, honestly, he might be playing his way out of a Capitals uniform. Okay. I'm just thinking about that. The idea of competition at one spot and fighting for a job and how awesome that is as a coach to see that, to see depth. Because good teams sometimes don't have depth. And that comes up later in the season, in the postseason. Look at the Wizards. The Wizards are going to run out of legs. Okay, And I know this is just one example. It's a small sample size. right? It's just it's goldie. It's hockey. Whatever. But I was just thinking about that. These two guys are doing drills together at practice, getting after it, challenging each other. Grubauer's probably really good because he's because he's learning from Braden Holpe. Now No doubt. It's ha- always interesting having competition to practice. It's good and bad. Ha- in a so way. okay, I was gonna ask, how as a coach do you do you get that? Let's just assume that your talent level is just average. How do you get that competition level up? Because I'm a believer if that competition level is up, then the just the, the team itself will get better. Guys fighting for spots. Yeah, you're right. And, and from a coach, yeah, that, that sounds all great. And you know that, that that's the perfect scenario is to have 
you know, a great starter and good backups. But it's not always that way. Sure. Um, I- and even if you do have that, you have to be careful with personality issues. You know, it's like, this is my spot. I earned it. You know, if, if Holpe wasn't receptive to this guy, you know, fighting for his job, it could negatively hurt Holpe. Right. And, and also, and- if Grubauer takes it the wrong way and saying, you know, I'm working so hard, I deserve to be starting over Holpe, it doesn't work that way either. So as a coach, you have to spin it in the right way. You know, this is only helping the team. You both are contributing. It's It, it all kind of has to roll into one. Do you think it's part of the coach's job to sort of smush that problem of the old personality 100%. issues before it starts? 100%. You have to define roles. The biggest thing a coach can do is define roles. See, I think now professional sports – a little bit different because the roles are defined, right? Yeah. In college and yeah. high school, I think it's okay having players having the attitude of I'm fighting each day for this spot. I think that just makes them better for each level they go up, just not taking advantage, right? Absolutely. Because as a professional, that turns into your money. That turns into your living. That means someone else is literally trying to take money out of your pocket, trying to take food off of your table. In a way. Yeah, I don't don't know if Holpe sees it that way because he's a professional. Right. Yeah, in in a literal sense, then yes. it's Right. Professional, it's different. Okay? Different. But I think that whole mindset is started from high school, obviously, and and then... college and again i just thought how how much different would the workforce be scott if this happened in like everyday jobs if there was like a second string or people freak dude like if the principal just brought in hey uh sean we're gonna have this guy also be teaching seventh grade with you today just go ahead and split time i'm thinking well what why am I yeah. like what's what's going on? All of a sudden, I'm a fr- I'm probably gonna be honestly, dude. Like, hey, I, you know, I I teach and I and I work as hard as I can. I'm gonna go work harder if yeah. I got someone else trying to. Yeah, I think that's a mindset that people maybe. Hey, think about it. Think about it. there could be someone else in your shoes tomorrow, and how are, how are you gonna treat that? Absolutely. No, it's it's definitely. That's the capitalist society we live in, and we love that. You know, you and I, as competitors and fighters, we we love that stuff. Not everybody responds to that, though. Mm, that's the personality issues you're talking about. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's not as simple as just, well, you got a good starter, you got a good backup, everything's going to be fine and dandy. No, right. you're you're right about that coaching omelet. It has a lot to do with coaching, a lot to do with personality issues. Yeah, and. And man, again, I just thought of Holtby and Grubauer doing doing drills together, and I'm just thinking, what an awesome! It's just cool seeing seeing something like just particularly as a coach. And yeah, that's a so great that was cap segment. What was that? Cap segment, coaching omelet, all rolled into one. There you go, and yeah, that was the omelet. So Scott and I broke a couple of eggs for you, coaching wisdom, eggs of knowledge, stirred up, made a little nice Western omelet, and now. We're going to move on. Let's go to Schlub of the Week, Scott. A little favorite. One of my favorites. No dude this week. Nobody excelling in the athletic world, in the sports world. We got a schlub, though. We got a schlub. Not really an athlete or a coach. You like this schlub right here. This is a schlub and a half. Oh, St. Louis Billikens. You can't seem to catch a break. You're 3-8 in in the A-10. You're 8-16 overall. And you need a new bus driver. Scott, St. Louis Billikens, after losing to St. Bonaventure last week, they uh they walked out of the gym wondering where their bus driver was, and they walk out and say, hey, we left the bus here, right? Yeah, they did, but the bus driver decided to take a little joyride, maybe have a few pops. Now, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with having a few pops. However, when you're driving, big no-no. Yeah. This bus driver gets busted after having one too many pops 
blows a point. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Give it to me. Point two four. I heard two two. Two two. Okay, two two. Point two two. And you're a bus driver. Dude, that is blackout drunk. That's horrible. That's so bad. I almost feel bad having this as the schlub of the week because this is just everything about this story is awful. That's Leahy drunk, man. That is that bus driver was the liquor. Right? That is incredible, man. Oh, I hope our friend Ben Payne is listening. He loved Jim Leahy. So, St. Louis Billikens, drunk driving bus driver. I'm sure you got a lot of problems on your hands. Okay, hope you can figure them out. However, you made the perpetual sports well, talk schlub uh, of the week. What's before up, Scott? you wrap that up, did you hear the whole story about how they found it? How they found the bus? How they tracked it down? No, give it to us. Complete the schlub. The head coach left his iPad on the bus. Love it. And so they this is like find my iPhone, find my iPad app mm-hmm. that he had on it. And so you can turn on the location. So they turn on the location and they could track the bus through that. My they flip just phone it, drive around the city. My flip phone doesn't have that. No, it does not. Oh, it's so they wa- flip phone. So they watched him. So they, they could track him as he was driving around. Oh man, they could they could do that. that's that's horrible. The more I learn about the story, I see I didn't know that part. That's good. Really good. Oh Billikins. All right, Billikins. Billikins bus driver. Schlub of the week. What are we snacking on this weekend, Scott? What's the weekend appetizer that we're gonna give listeners? What are we looking forward to? What's happening this weekend, buddy? We're gonna keep the song along with the old Valentine's Day theme. Some love songs going on. Nothing wrong with that. What are you looking forward to this weekend, Scott? Uh, last week of Division Three college basketball. Religi- uh, reg- regular season. Pour some out. Pour some uh, out. First year first year <laughs> of coaching college ball yep. is over. Um, we have the number three team in the country tomorrow. Is that Christopher Newport? Christopher Newport. Mm. It's going to be a tough one. And then we have St. Mary's on Saturday. Yep. So that's it. Two more home games and we are done. You're going to have to give us a good coach's reflection on the season next week. I will. What you learned, what you're going to do better, some stuff you thought you did well. I'm looking forward to that, actually. I hope you like do some work on that. I hope oh, the listeners oh, are it'll, it'll be it'll be a good it'll be a good segment next week. Good. Uh, something else happening this weekend. My little snack. Tiger's golfing. Tiger is golfing in the Genesis Open, Scott. And will he be playing golf on Saturday? What do you think? No. He will not. He will not. It's just not going to happen. But are we still both going to try to keep up with it? Yeah, we are. We definitely are. It's just interesting to me, right? He's an interesting guy. He stinks. He's getting a lot of TV time. Interesting. <laughs> it's just is really like the falling, like just great falling from grace. Yeah. But dude, hundred to one odds of the Masters right now. Couldn't be any higher. Perfect. Are we? Hold on a second. I thought we couldn't talk about this during our break. We said we couldn't talk about this guy. No, 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 we're not making bets on it. We're not making any bets on it. I'm just saying, a hundred to one odds. If somebody gives you one hundred to odds, one odds on anything, you take it. Dude, is that the office? Kevin, is that the office bull? <laughs> yes. What does he say? If John Cougar Mellencamp ever, ever wins or no, if ever wins, yeah, someone, whoever, someone, yeah, it was a music. Everyone's an Oscar. I'm gonna be a very rich dude. <laughs> nice. All right, Scott winding down how about you tell everybody where they can find us if they couldn't get enough perpetual sports talk you like this part don't you because i i do a lot of talking yeah find us on itunes you can find us on twitter okay that. quiz question scott when was the last time you sent out a tweet weeks, <laughs> weeks. <laughs> like a month ago I've been horrible at it, man. Are nah, you? that's cool. Follow us on Twitter anyway. I, you know what? No, we have a new social media guy, right? Well, we do. He hasn't he hasn't accepted the job yet, but okay. All right. But well, hopefully, we're offering him the job if he's still listening. 
Hopefully, well, we can't, you know what? It's it's better than the current social media guy we got. Oh, that guy sucks. Yeah. That guy's uh, the worst. Ay, yeah, yeah. iTunes, Twitter, follow us even though at, we don't tweet anything. Herp Sports Talk on Twitter. Just DM me, get my butt to answer you. I probably have 100 messages and notifications, but, you know. He's not going to answer. Probably not. New episodes every week on iTunes and on Podbean. Subscribe, follow, whatever it is. Or just tell a friend about it with your mouth like a man. Look him straight in the eye. Look him straight. Or the flip flow. That's right. (laughs) Fun episode, Scott. Really, really fun episode. I enjoyed this one. And we will... uh, Looking forward to next week already, buddy. Let's do it, man. Happy Valentine's Day, Scott. Yeah, you wish. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. My name is Sean. And I'm Scott.